Pickaxe. Folks, welcome to Dungeons and Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season or arc has a new set of groups and stories all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. I literally can't read that line because it's so stupid. (laughs) so funny. How did I miss this one? Come on, baby. Humpity bumpity. As soon as I heard humpity bumpity, I was sold. Welcome back to Season 3 of VGMP, Video Game Movie Podcast, with myself, Rory Jocelyn, from Cyberpunk Studios, and joining me, as per usual, is my good friend, Jamie Evans. Say hello, Jamie, from Impala Films. Hi, I'm Paid Chill, Jamie Evans, paid by Marvel to slag off Uwe Boll films as part of a grand conspiracy. Well, See, yes. I'm, I'm admitting it because I just can't live with the guilt anymore, can't Rory. The... I, spent all, I spent 20 years <laughs> shitting on Uwe Boll movies, and you know what? You just don't deserve it no. he's a good man uve is <laughs> so so what's gonna happen to all the money that disney gave you oh i already spent that on cocaine and hookers <laughs> they're not getting that you remember, you remember when charlie sheen was banging seven ground rocks and he went mad you who do you think was in the room with him <laughs> <laughs> who do you think got him the seven grand <laughs> i banged eight grand rocks bitch <laughs> you borrow uh, my brain and be like dude can't handle it yeah we're back God. for another season ladies and gentlemen and this time we've got a little bit of a change up it would seem uh we have now we, we've been taken up by pickaxe as a uh a podcasting group who are part of the yogs cast group which we've been told is the largest podcasting group in the uk unfortunately me and jamie are old men so we don't fully understand because uh, yogs cast came on with a video game called My- mine minecraft yes minecraft? I, i'm told they were big with a game a series of Minecraft videos. Lego. Apparently. Lego? Was it Lego Meccano? It's <laughs> no Lego Meccano. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Rory. We'll be bringing out Duplo next. <laughs> oh, Duplo was the nuts. It was not. No, it wasn't. It sucks. I'll tell you what. Connects. Do you remember Connects? Uh, do you remember Connectables? They were cars that you could like break apart and connect into different shaped cars. No, I don't remember. I've those. got a whole box of them in my mum's attic. Really? Yeah, I'm sad. <laughs> to be fair, is that when I was a kid? I had um, actually no, no, that is sad. No, my I was going to I was going <laughs> to say right, thanks, thanks, thanks gonna, for just verifying. Yeah, that is sad. I was really. going to well say done. my toy was sad, but actually my toy was awesome. What was your? Toy? I had uh, all five of the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Zords. And then you could clip them all together to make the Megazord. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That, I was, yeah. was going to say it was lame, but thinking back, no, it wasn't. No. It was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, but it wasn't just cars. You could do, like put a, an aircraft body with like the limousine front. Yeah, but that's still not combining a pterodactyl with a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> I, I, will, I will have to pass that to you. Yes, you're right. You, you've won that round. I think my parents regretted it, though. Me spending hours being like, go, go, Power Rangers. Pew, pew. It's the lasers. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, yeah, yeah, they had lasers, didn't they? I just remember 
flipping around and kicking grey people. Yes. Which is not old men, I mean like the putty people. Not, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. just beating up old people in a care home. Um, if you want to catch up with us, guys, we've got our own series of uh, social medias. You can catch us on Facebook. If you look at VG Movie Podcast, you'll find us there. If you look at us up on Twitter, uh, it's running through at Cyberpunk Film. Instagram is Cyberpunk Studios. And we actually have our own YouTube. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a unique link for that yet. Uh, and I'm not going to read out the long-ass up capital letter and small letter stuff so if you just look up video game movie podcast our channel comes up from that um we are the only one called video game movie podcast because we're super original somehow with that name uh uh, i suppose we should also just say uh, as part of being picked up by pickaxe um all the previous episodes will still be available though they'll still be available on the same feed i believe so yeah Um, on the same rss so you know if I was bold enough to assume we've got fans who might want to go back and listen to classic episodes, uh, you will still be able to. They're not going to disappear. Because I've seen that before where podcasts get taken over by a network. Right. And then all of a sudden all their all their back catalogue just disappears. Well, yeah, great. No, that's that's, cool. that's not supposed to happen. We're, 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 it's all shipping over to them. What I will say, if for anyone who's new and listening to this because it's part of the Pickaxe group rather than, you know, having come along from the ride uh there's a few things you need to see we've done three different sonic the hedgehog movies and two out of those three include heavy references to breastfeeding uh that's a unique and interesting thing we uh, did the legend of zelda tv series from 1989 for kids which is an incel tv series and we didn't notice back in day uh there is so much stuff postal is our fourth episode that's just the most racist film in the universe that will have to have a content warning disclaimer on it because it is that bad. Uh, And talking of Postal, it was our first film we reviewed from a genius uh, of the genre, as as Jamie has stated, Mr. Uwe Ball. And we are doing his very first foray into video game movies today, which is The House of the Dead. Which they don't use that until right at the end of the credits. And then they put it Mm. in a site... Why didn't you open the film with that? You know, like it'd be like making a Resident Evil film and having the Resident Evil, but only sticking it after yeah. the end credits. I have to it's admit, like, if I was the one making a Resident Evil film, I 100% at the beginning, when the title comes up, would have a voice go, Resident Evil. Yeah, you have to. And yeah, But they it, it, with this, they didn't do the House of the Dead thing until right after the credits. Mm. So that's annoying. So th- here's here's the sad part. Here's the sad part, right? This is probably the most competent Uwe Ball film I've ever seen, which is not which is not saying a lot. No, uh, because if you've ever seen uh, Alone in the Dark, which at some point we'll have to cover, we will have um, to. Alone in the Dark is literally one of the not just Uwe Ball films, it's literally one of, the, one of worst. the worst movies yeah. ever made. Oh, it's really but dull and boring. Uh, I've got Blood Rain two. I've watched that. That's also worse than this. I'd say. Yeah. Um, there's he does a lot of boring stuff. And don't get me wrong, House of the Dead isn't exactly a thrill packed thrill ride, but it is uh, at least more competent than his average. And to be he, fair, he seems to have gotten worse as a filmmaker so as the years go on. I think what it is is this wasn't originally something he was he he pushed for. 
He was brought on by the producers. Right. So they found him and brought him on. So I think they already had like a cinematographer and things like that. And some of the stuff that keeps this film feeling fresh until they overuse it to death are things like 360 degree um, like special effect shots mm. and things like that. He never uses those again. I'm guessing he couldn't get the budget or didn't know how to use them. Um, but it looks like they brought on most of the people for this film before Uwe Boll. Right. Uh, and then, yeah. So that, that it, I think that's the reason why this has a little kick that his films don't usually have. Um, now, just a little bit of trivia on this before we start. Reviews were so bad for this film that Danish cinemas refused to buy it. Denmark wouldn't screen it. <laughs> and I'm Danish, so that's an element of pride for me. Uh, you Danish? Yeah. I mean, Danish heritage, but you yourself are not Danish. That's still... You should not like to say stuff like that. I am, because I'm Danish. I have Italian ancestors, but I can't claim that I'm Italian. Yes, you can. No, I can't. I'm the most pasty white motherfucker on the planet. That's only because you're not in the middle of the Mediterranean. You'd be dark as shit if you were there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, so Denmark refused to buy it. Yes, uh, the movie is set before the events of House of the Dead 1, the, the Saturn and the arcade game. Um, however, we'll discuss that when we get to the end, because I don't think the events any, match up anyway. They they basically throw a reference in right at the end. Strong, oh, by the way, this is connected to the game. Nah. Uwe Boll made a director's cut of this film and included it in some of the DVD releases. It's not included in the one I've got, unfortunately. Um, no footage was restored in the film whatsoever. Instead, Uwe Boll added a new scene at the start where he is kidnapped and forced to watch this terrible movie. So he knows the movie's bad? Yes. He did what he did in Postal. Remember in Postal, he put himself in it, talking about, you know, yeah. how he used Nazi gold, and then, like, there was someone there saying how bad the Postal film was. Try, trying to, yeah, yeah, I get it. He's trying, trying to, to self-parody. Yeah. As a recovery of the... F so he's trying to recover after the fact. Yeah. And be like, oh, yes, see, I know it's bad. Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't. It was no, done on purpose. Screenwriter Dave Parker states that his screenplay was trashed and rewritten. So he's distanced himself from the screenplay and says what is on screen is not what he wrote. Um, so, yeah, th there's, there's not a huge amount of positives coming from the creative side. No, because I have to say... I could easily believe... You know, if you told me there was no writer for this and they just made it up as they went along... You'd believe it. I'd believe that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. There is... Yeah. So, the case. We do this thing, for anyone who's new, where I read the back of the case in the American. But before we get to that, uh, there's a quote at the front of the case where it says, The Matrix meets Dawn of the Dead. Jamie, how accurate do you feel that that quote is? It certainly attempts to be The Matrix. Yes, uh, and I guess in the sense that every zombie film released after Dawn of the Dead kind of owes a debt to Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I guess you could kind of. But the, the thing is, I want to know who said that, Rory. Well, don't don't worry, because on the front of the case here, we've got the quotation marks either side. Uh, there's no name. There's no name attached. It's it's fine. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's someone important. Uh, we just I'm sure it was Roger Ebert. Yes, yes. Roger Ebert loves this film. I'm sure he must. He must. It's a piece of quality. Though we do have one on the back which has got someone Ooh, attached to it. Okay. Uh, a man called Alan Jones from Fright Fest. Okay. And he says, "Bear in mind, House of the Dead is a video a light gun video game. Mm. Sensational sword fighting and gushes of stylish gore." A living dead extravaganza. 
That I don't feels know. like he was talking about a different film. I mean, I don't know what he... I think he might have watched the wrong film and someone oh, told no, him no, it was no, House no, of no. the Dead. This sword fighting at the end, isn't there? There is some sword fighting, but that's not the main thing of a House of the Dead, is it? It's Maybe swords. that was the bit that stood out for him. Um, it must have done. But, I mean, even then he says, Living Dead Extravaganza. It's, uh, um, that what can I tell like you? Push. The standards are low. So uh, my my biggest thoughts when I was watching this was, um, so for the new listeners who don't know, we are based uh, in Essex in the UK. Yeah. And here in Essex in the UK, every year we have a, a horror film festival that runs for two whole weeks called Horror on Sea. Uh, and lots of people come to it from around the world and stuff like that. And I go to it most years and... The quality of the films varies quite greatly from Mm. very good films to not as good films. And watching this, literally, I've seen better movies at Horror on Sea. Yeah, independent movies Yeah, no budget. Like, yeah, yeah, films that were made like 100 quid and a box of cigarettes. Um, (laughs) Like, this felt as well, tonally, this felt very much like it would fit into Horror on Sea. Yeah. Because it very much is that low budget old school filmmaking i uh uh, ideology yeah. where it's oh okay we know the film's not going to look great but just like throw some blood get some hot chicks with their clothes off don't matter that the script's crap don't matter that it's derivative yep. it's fine people will go with it if they see boobs and the thing is to be fair to Uwe because I'm trying to see I'm trying to be fair to people he's not wrong like there is an audience for films like this. I've we, seen, we, you reviewed Dead or Alive positively. You recommended yeah, that film. That's I, very much just that. I've seen <laughs> horror on sea. Uh, I've seen films like this at horror on sea that yeah. people love because they do. Ju- and there's nothing wrong with that. They just want zombies and boobs and, and some action. action. Yeah, and that's fine. Uh, like I said, this <laughs> this was probably one of the more palatable. Uwe Ball films I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. So, but, but there's this here as well. So, at the end, it says, based on the hugely successful Sega video game, The House of the Dead, this unique film. I don't know how you can be unique when you're literally copying every other film in existence, but never mind. This unique film boasts an unprecedented level of cooperation between Sega and the production in terms of exploiting potential synergies between the video game and the movie release. Now, that's that's not something you put on a DVD box, potential synergies. That's early 2000s marketing jargon. Yeah. Look, guys, let's synergize between between the marketing and the film. But they didn't do anything. Right, first of all, all, I'm going to... Let's talk video game for a second yep. here hugely successful oh it was is no, it in the arcade yes in the in arcade. arcades exactly which yes. let's be honest controversial opinion time uh new audiences you'll get used to that in the 90s Are you remember ready? You ready? i'm gonna say it you ready arcade games don't count no one counts arcade games fuck arcade games sega do nope. because they nope. made nope. their entire business model yeah that's why sega are now bankrupt they're not um, bankrupt they're doing really they're garbage well. no they're not they're garbage though they have just um, sold all their arcades in Japan. <laughs> exactly they're garbage um arcades no, no, no. in the 90s man i've always viewed because i've always viewed house of the dead and i know this isn't just me mm. it's like the poor cousin of resident evil no, it's not. It's, it's not like, like, nothing uh, like Resident Evil. That is Resident how Evil lots of people f- view it. No, that, well, they're stupid then. They're, they're well, should just call loads of people on the internet stupid. Yes, because they're wrong. Like Resident Evil is a survival horror. One mm. is a light gun game. One is a survival horror. They're yeah. different genres. That's like going on oh, Metal Gear Solid isn't the same as Mario Kart. Well, no shit. Yeah, but they're both zombie games. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the, and House of the Dead is not scary at all. It's not meant to be. Well, it should be. They always, no, it's, they it's always cheese. Theme, no, they always theme the cabinets. Because I've played them in the arcades. They always theme the cabinets like it's going to be but really scary. But this isn't scary. 
No, I know. And like, what was that film you showed me? The the, the trilogy with by Sam Raimi. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. They're not scary. Yeah, but they're comedy horrors. Yeah, but this House of the Dead was a comedy horror. Was it? Because it's not funny either. House of the Dead has more in common with like Sam Raimi's horror films than it does with oh, that's Resident Evil. Sam Raimi. I said yeah. more in common, not exactly no, to, the same. To be fair, as. I've never played the first House of the Dead. I've only played two and three. The first one was the only one actually set in a House of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, what was the second part of the quote? I disagree. Oh yeah, the synergies, synergies bit. That is um, marketing. I don't think Sega did do anything with this production, did they? They, I there think was they, no they tie-ins or anything. There was one shot that lasted less than a second from House of the Dead three, which came out about the same time as the film. Mm. That's it. Right. I think they gave them a second of footage. <laughs> I think that's all they got. Is that the bit with the headless dude? He's the first boss of House of the Dead 3, No, no, that's the first two? boss of House of the Dead 2. Almost all of it is from House of the Dead 2, except for in the sewers, where there's like the sewer part from House of the Dead 1. And then there's like literally one shot from House of the Dead 3. Yeah. Um, that's why, it. Why is there, there all this footage from the game in the film? No one ever... I think it's just save on costs. It's, it's the only thing I can think, because there's bits... like So in the sewers, we'll get to this later. I, I know we're kind of breaching early, but there's a bit where they're shooting zombies in the sewer, and they shoot. You see the zombie walk towards, they shoot, and then you see game footage of the zombie in the sewer getting killed. And yeah. I think it's just there so they don't have to shoot, like they have to film well, a zombie getting shot. That's one of the only times it matches up. A lot of the time the footage is just random oh, yeah, footage. Yeah, yeah. Cutting I, in between scenes. I, I mean, that's, yeah. I think they've just put that in there go, okay, this is the game. Uh-huh. Um, and okay, they, yeah, okay. I, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so let, let's, let's, let's read the prose. In theory, shouldn't you do this in German since, in the, since it's an Uwe Boll film? Yes, but I'm much better at the Americans. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's do American. <clears throat> When four college buddies hear about a fantastic rave happening on a remote island near Seattle, they are determined to get there, whatever it takes. But when they arrive on the island, they find it completely deserted. As they search for the missing ravers, they encounter mysterious half-human creatures that attack them. Seeking refuge in a spooky house, the terrified students encounter Alicia's ex-boyfriend, Rudy Jonathan Cherry. By the way, the character's name is Rudy, the actor's name is Jonathan Cherry, but you can verify this, they've just given him the name Rudy Jonathan Cherry on the box. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought the character's name was Rudy Jonathan Cherry. No, his name is Rudy, and Jonathan Cherry's the actor. Right. But they've done it wrong on the box. And his friend, Hugh, played by Michael Eklund. Two of the only survivors of a horrible melee, which took the lives of everyone at the rave. Now they must do everything in their power to survive the most terrifying night of their lives. Their only chance is to fight back and do what they must to find a way to kill the dead. Thrilling. I've only just realised they were near Seattle because that don't come up in the film. Yeah, no, I was just about. I was just about to ask. Do, one, does that come up in the film? I don't believe so. And two, that's really dumb because based on what I know about American geography, which admittedly is not a whole lot, mm. um, Seattle's in the top left-hand corner near yeah. Canada, right? <laughs> it's not the kind of place you would have a tropical island where people go for sunbathing and for a rave. They should all be freezing when that girl later yeah. on when we get to the skinny no, dipping bit. They say it's cold on the boat, and they do say the water's cold. Yeah, but she should be freezing to death. This island clearly is set more, you know, 
that it was it's clearly more South. Mediterranean, like equatorial, isn't it? Yeah, is a equatorial, equatorial. equatorial. Oh man, I used a long equatorial. word. Mm, equatorial, twelve points. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's get this plot started. Can I start with the first shocking thing of this film? Yeah, go on. Jurgen fucking Prock now is in this movie. Yes. How the fuck did they get legendary German actor Jurgen Prock now, star of legendary film Das Boot? Yes. It's actually Das Boot, but... Das Boot. No, no, it's... it's da, Boot is pronounced da, boat in German. I don't care, they're German, learn English. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> uh, just to be clear before I get cancelled. <laughs> to be uh, fair, Jürgen yeah, Prock now did learn English. Why is Jürgen Prock... Now, like, Jürgen Prock now is better than this. Is he? Yes! He was in... He was in Judge Dredd. Was he? Yeah. What, the Stallone one? Yeah. He was Who's the, he in he was the He was the main villain until he gets killed by... Um, the guy Amanda Asante. Yeah, that's it. Really? Yeah. I might need to re-watch Judge Dredd. I've got it on Blu-ray. We can watch Dear it together. God, of course you have. <laughs> Everything I learn about you makes my soul cry, Rory. The, the, I'm, surpri I'm surprised you haven't bought House of the Dead on Blu-ray. I'm hoping that's because it doesn't exist. No, it exists in America. How Jesus, fuck. So, uh, yeah, I could only afford the DVD, but the, the, the reason is the Blu-ray is so hard to find, it's not even on eBay. Um, but, it shouldn't exist at all. No, no, no Uwe Boll film should be available on Blu-ray. So I got a copy of it in HD, stitched it with the audio from the DVD, and sent that to you. Right. So what you watched was the Blu-ray. Right. <laughs> and that's what I've got on my computer, is the Blu-ray version. <laughs> Fuck Don't worry, I've done the same for House of the Dead too. Anyway, so... Um, so I'll, I'll start with my list then. Opens with a short monologue by Rudy, yep, the lead. Noir-style noir voiceovers. Yeah, like, and here's a, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to this. Um, it, it, basically, he goes over the uh, other characters that are arriving on the boat. We actually don't see Rudy for half the film, nearly. Um, but it then shows the intro of uh, the film where it's got like the intro credits mm. and it plays footage from House of the Dead 2. I recognise the stuff. Oh, with a barely. horrible filter over Yeah, they've got this horrible, weird Photoshop line art filter going across it, which is really garish, really in your face, really blurry. Uh, it, it's awful. It looks horrendous. Then he introduces the other characters. There's a guy called Greg, who's a goofy jock. There's Cynthia, who's Greg's girlfriend. And he states that basically she's just eye candy she's the blonde who's still living in the 90s because she still had the 90s style super thin eyebrows That's did you it. notice yes yes she did uh simon is a good looking dumbass who fancies alicia which is rudy's ex uh karma thinks he says this karma thinks she's foxy brown and i'm like is that a character or is it just because she's the only black cast no, member no, Fo foxy brown is a character i think used to be Back when they were doing black exploitation films in the seventies, think she's Foxy I think, Brown. I think there was a character called Foxy Brown, right? Played by um, Foxy Brown's an American rapper, apparently. Oh, I am incorrect. Then I take back everything I said. <laughs> Inga DiCarlo Fung Machand, better known by a stage name Foxy Brown. Okay. Oh, she did Il Nana. I think that's the one that goes Il Nana. What's my name? I think what. I think that's the song she did. There's also oh, Foxy Brown is also a film from 1974, black exploitation film. You're right. Who was in it? Pam Greer. Pam Greer. That Pam was Greer. the name I was trying to remember. So there's a question. This was made in 2001. Is the Foxy Brown reference meant to be the rapper or the film? And knowing Uwe Boll, it's the rapper. 
Probably. Because <laughs> I don't think he knows enough about film to probably. know a 1974 black exploitation yeah, film. Probably. Um, but yeah, so Karma thinks she's Foxy Brown. That never comes up in the film. I don't know what that applies to. Um, and she fancies Simon. They're all going to a rave on a remote island, but they missed the boat. They were there, they got there late. Uh, and the lead tells us this. If only they decided to stay back in Seattle, they'd all be alive today. And I'm like, that's spoiler, isn't it? Right at the start of your film, I already know all these people are dead. <laughs> it's, uh, that, that's what happens when you know your film lacks any any drama yeah. and you're trying to force tension. Yeah, because they knew they didn't have a way of connecting any of the sh shots around the boat, it seems. Yeah. I don't think they wrote it or, or filmed it well enough. Um, anyway, they get to the rave actually going on happily without them with the uh conspicuous sega banner yeah a massive banner for sega while a woman in black knickers jiggles her bare top funnily enough this was my chest. favorite part of the movie i mean it, to be fair it's a pretty damn good scene uh <laughs> I, I've, I've written here was there a rave in the game but now you've um now you've pointed out that the film's actually set before the game yeah. which i hadn't realized at that point the group then tries to hire a boat and when i say the group at this point i mean the people that rudy has introduced because as i say he's not in it really for the first half so they try and hire a boat and they find the boat which is uh run has a guy called salish on it played by star trek alumni clint howard i love how you say star trek alumni when it, uh, my way of introducing him would be uh the worst howard brother well out of him and ron yeah i, I mean, didn't know they were related to be honest yeah, yeah they're brothers right. uh ron howard has had let's be honest the much better career okay um clint howard is clint howard, is, for... clint howard will go throughout history though because he's been on multiple versions of star trek including the first series yeah but ron, when he was four ron howard's <laughs> directed you know he's done loads of yeah both of them will go down in history yeah. that's, that's Plus, not a problem. isn't ron howard he's the main guy from happy days isn't he He's the guy. I didn't. I don't right, know. yeah. Ron, Ron Howard was the main character in Happy Days. Who? Well, he was meant to be the main character, but was very quickly eclipsed by the Fonz. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's that's why I don't remember him. It's like it's it's all the Fonz. Yeah. Because I was shocked. And Ted I, Danson. Because I was shocked when I found out. Wait, Ted Danson was in Happy Days? Oh, no, I'm crossing his and Cheers, aren't I? Yeah. Aren't they the same show? I don't no. know. I don't know enough about 70s TV. No, Happy Days is fucking... It's, I've only ever seen one episode, and it's one of those things where it's exactly how you think TV from that era would have been. Oh, where it's all just a little bit too sweet. Right. And sure. everyone's, everyone's just a little bit too nice. No, no one's breaking bad in Happy Days. <laughs> well, then it'd be bad days, wouldn't it? Uh, it's got the famous gift where Fonz used to just bang on the jukebox and it would come on. And... Oh, great stuff. Great stuff. Michael Jackson took that in Moonwalker, didn't he? he spins the coin into it and it does he? Like stuff. Yeah. You've not seen Moonwalker? You know I haven't seen Moonwalker. That's right, I've got it on Blu-ray. Because we're going to watch it at some point <laughs> together when we do our music films thing. Yes, yes. Yes, we are. I've played the game Moonwalker and that alone was terrible. Oh, that's a good game. What are you talking about? Which it's, one? The arcade one or the Mega the, Drive one? The one where you're Michael Jackson kidnapping children. Yeah, that's the... Is, yeah, arcade or Mega Drive version. They're two different games. Mega Drive. Because the arcade one, you can play as three... You have three players playing as three different Michaels kidnapping children. No, no, no. This was just the one. <laughs> I was the one Michael and then I transformed into a robot, which was yes. really weird. Yeah, well, to be fair, that's accurate to the film. And I think a fighter jet. Yeah, that's point. also accurate to the film. The film is mental. Let's Any, move on. Anyway, so uh, Jürgen Prochnow also appears as Kirk. 
the captain of the boat. Oh, there's an awful Star Trek oh, joke keep, here. Yeah, there? and I'm just like, it's weird that they put in the Captain Kirk joke, but not for Clint Howard, who is the guy from Star Trek. It's yeah. like, yeah. But anyway, uh, it's very clear that they've used ADR in all of these boat scenes because the, the dialogue does not match up. No, I was going to say to you, it all looks dubbed. Yeah, it, not all of it. A lot of the stuff on the island is fine, but anything around water, it was very clear they couldn't be bothered or didn't find a way to cover up the sound of water or yeah. wind. So they just ADR'd the lot. And you might think this is a, 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 a reaction to my stitching the hd video with stuff but i actually checked it out on my dvd just put the dvd in my dvd play and played it exactly the same it's nothing i did wrong it's literally a fault with the film yeah. um so yeah and the adr is not very well done at all c doc control tells kirk there's a, a policewoman who comes in later called uh what was her name was it carter I have no idea. I don't know. A woman she was a very boring and bland character. Um, very badly acted. Uh, but this woman basically tells him to keep the uh, boat in dock. Yeah, when she's like, don't you dare go anywhere. Yeah, because she wants to search the boat uh, for potential uh, contraband. Drugs. Simon pays Kirk to leave anyway and lose the cops. And that's where uh, Jürgen Prock now just basically goes, you know, I would have left anyway, but thanks for some money. <laughs> Two nameless party goers go to the beach. So we cut. Oh, this, this is the skinny dipping scene. Yeah. So the woman undresses just to her knickers and goes for a midnight, uh, a, a midday swim. This is a very, uh, very holdover from 80s horror. Yes. Where it's like, oh, we must have a scene where a woman's breasts are out. I have put here, I've made a note uh, tying back to what I said about that horror on sea mentality. Yeah. Uwe Boll does somehow always manage to get really hot girls and people who are better than his films in his films. Yes. So, like, he's got hot girls in this plus Jürgen Prock now yep Postally had some hot girls plus J.K. Simmons for yep. some reason. Yeah, you've got J.K. Simmons. I don't know how the man keeps doing it. I don't know. Like in the name of the king, he has Jason Statham, and he's got uh, he got Jason Statham. He got Jason Statham to play a farmer whose name was Farmer, and I'm not even making that up. And in that film, he had the other guy. What's his name? Um, the main villain in that is the guy from Goodfellas. Um, Ray Liotta yes his career has fallen a little bit and it's since good yeah. for us. to be fair with Statham I can imagine Statham and Uwe Boll being legit mates like outside of maybe I don't know I'd, well I you know, know they've got lots maybe. in common they're both bold <laughs> Uwe bold I I, 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 <laughs> I I don't know but I assume there's a secret fan club where all the bold people hang out yeah they meet just rub the rock they meet down at the Burger King <laughs> and there's the rock Bruce Willis turns up Stay oh. them. Stone Cold Steve Austin brings the beers. <laughs> he always brings the beers. So this is quite a fairly... Uh, it's not a super well-edited scene where she's skinny dipping. No, it also it's makes no sense because she kind of starts to panic a little bit later into it and there's no reason for her to panic. Yeah, but they see it's false tension again. Yeah. They're, they're doing false tension because even what they're trying to do is build the tension where you don't. Clearly, you clearly she's going to die in the water. Well, clearly one of them's going to die. Either he's going to get snatched on he the beach. He stays on the beach, doesn't he? Yeah. Matt he, is his name. He stays on the beach yeah. and he just sort of chills there because the water's too cold for him. <laughs> Wimp. Either he's going to get snatched or <laughs> she's going to die. Get, yeah, either he's going to get snatched or she's going to get snatched. But the scene just isn't edited in a way that builds any tension. No, no, it's very incompetent. Um,. So we then cut back to the boat. Greg feels seasick, so he ends up vomiting on his girlfriend, Cynthia. Yeah, and this, That was again, unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Like, he blatantly, the way it's done, it's even unnecessary. Mm. Like, he's facing water. And he turns, and turns to her to, to vomit. It's like, 
And then a little bit later on, they try and do a gross joke where he's still got chunks. Oh, on his I missed cheek. that. Thank Did you? Christ. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I felt bad for that. I felt bad for that actor because he's got those chunks on his face for most of this scene now. Oh no. And then uh, who's the blonde girl again? Cynthia. Uh, Cynthia is like, um, ooh, 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 you've got here. Yeah. yeah, like he had wouldn't wash his face. Yeah. Um, Although we have got my contender for worst line in the film now. Oh, oh, okay. That I haven't got this one noted. So, so go we, ahead. We, we cut to inside the ship. Well, actually, no. This is just the next thing I noted. You might have another plot point for this. Are we in the bit in the cabin yet where Clint Howard talks to? That's Cynthia? what I was going to say. So she's washing her top, isn't she? She's got no bra for some reason. So she's literally just standing there topless in a mini skirt. Yeah, yeah. And Clint Howard walks in. And she's just like, oh, you need this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so for he, some reason, she just stands like pointing proudly yeah. at him well you like, know she's still young and perky nothing to be ashamed of i get it but like i, I think <laughs> someone might be like like dude like at yeah. least cover up her nipples and be like no, dude can you like, fuck off stop perving on me rather yeah. than sit there go what so, bitch here's my contender for worst line he offers her a, so he's talked already at this point about how this island's cursed and they don't like going to it yeah that's the reason they were going to refuse the job until yeah. they offered until uh, what's his name Simon offered to pay a grand to get there so he offers her a crucifix and he goes what's this for it's for your protection it's okay I'm on the pill yes yes I forgot that line it is fucking awful oh mate and you could just imagine Uwe sat in his director's chair being like oh yes look at that I made a funny ha 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 you get it he means protection as in heavenly protection and she means why is that's not a german accent i don't know where you're going you're going all over the world Uh, he means divine protection and (laughs) and she means you know as they call it in america a prophylactic did you you know they call condoms prophylactics in do they not also call them condoms yeah, but they also call them prophylactics, <laughs> which is very saw, hilarious because prophylactic is a type of medication in Britain. Well, I once, uh, while I was passing through France one day, I saw that they had a brand of uh, condoms, and I don't know if this will get cut, to be honest. Um, but called it's, Bear. No, it was called um, Family Planning in English, right? I was like, okay, that's odd, but like. It's, but it says, but it's, it says Family Planning, and then underneath with retard. Which means a retardant to stop yeah. you, but it says with retard. It's like, well, yeah. you can't call a condom brand family planning with retard. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I've always thought Dr. Pepper should make condoms. Well, I'm just call it what's the worst that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole, the marketing makes itself. You, yeah. you do a, you show a boy and a girl, te- teenagers about to get busy in a car, you know, on a mm. moonlit night, and she's like, He's like, should I wear a rubber? Then you flat do a flash forward where he's imagining himself with, you know, eight screaming brats. Life's miserable. Cut back. What's the worst that could happen? That's the worst that could happen. Use a fucking condom. <laughs> there you go. Or, or get or get the snippety snip. Get the snippy snips. <laughs> Not with a pair of shears, though. <laughs> like maybe professional job. Um yeah, so whilst after Cynthia's done this whole thing with the top, um, the girl who's the girl who goes swimming topless doesn't even have a name. She's never named. She's just calling for Matt. That's the only reason I know his name. Yeah. Um, because she ain't gonna last very long. She goes in search of Matt and finds like an old abandoned. They call it a house. It looks more like a kind of a small church. Yeah. So but, I'm gonna. Uh, this is where I'm gonna uh, say a nice thing about this film. Yeah. The exterior of this set 
looks cool. Yes. The first reveal of it looks cool. It is not big enough, exactly what you've just said. Yeah. It doesn't look like a house. When they're inside it later, the, the, the house clear, are bigger. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's a TARDIS. Yes. Or, this is a Doctor Who film. I have to say, like, so looking at the box art there, Jamie, look at the house in the background. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's the house from the film. You recognise that. I thought it looked different. No, it looks film. like that. It's just, okay. it, it's normally, I think, a little bit better quality I in the film. I thought the tower bit was taller. It might be. I don't know how accurate it is. Because it looked more like a yeah. church, like you said. It looked like a spire. Yeah. But do you not think that looks more like the Baker Mansion from Resident Evil 4? No. Seven, sorry. It no, does, look. You've got doesn't. the little entrance bit, you've got the tower bit, that's where you put the clock. No, that don't look anything like the no, Baker. No, we're going to disagree on that then. The Baker but House is much bigger than that. Oh, <laughs> well, it is much bigger. Right. But it's just the shape of it is in the same orientation as the Baker well, Mansion. That didn't occur to me, but uh, it, what occurred to me is it looked more like the church you go in in Resident Evil 4. So it's definitely from Resident Evil rather than the dead yeah. <laughs> No, I'll give you that. Um... But yeah, so she goes, in, for some reason she thinks, I don't know how she gets this in her head, but she, rather than thinking, oh, Matt must have gone back to the rave, she thinks she's gone into this old house. Mm. That's never explained. He doesn't make any noises. So mm. she just walks in going, Matt, Matt, around this bloody house. And then she finds him with like blood coming out the corner of his mouth. And then a hand comes through his chest. Like yeah. a zombie hand, obviously killing him. And then she gets grabbed by another bunch of zombies. Which, and... to be fair, was one of the better bits of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. bit. Like, but... it, this is the only bit where it felt like it was actually trying to be a horror movie. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Then we get a random one-second clip of House of the Dead 2 inserted for no reason, just to somehow help a transition. But it doesn't do anything, doesn't help the transition. It's just thrown in there. I say the first clip, this happens a lot in this film, and I'm not going to name every single one because we'd be here no, for I an did, hour just did, naming every one of them. I did consider counting them, and then I didn't. Yeah, just because you knew you'd be there for ages. Certainly in the action sequence later where they keep mixing it in, you'd just be there counting going, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven. <laughs> be boring. Um, so more, we then see more ravers being attacked. Uh, while the team arrive in the, again, the team being Greg's, Greg, Cynthia, Simon, Karma, um, Alicia, uh, they arrive on the small boat, uh, Kirk and Salish try and find a spot to hide their contraband from the police, mm. uh, by burying it. But the whole time they're being watched from the trees. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. So they go and bury their illegal contraband, which I'll be honest, I, oh, it turns out to be guns, doesn't it? Yeah, so it, it's it's Cuban. When they open it later, it's Cuban cigars, like illegal Cuban cigars. But then he lifts like the Cuban cigar layer off. It's, it's a like a false lid. floor, yeah. And then underneath is loads of guns. Yeah. So they all get to the uh, they all get to the rave, and obviously it's all wrecked and messed up. And in typical hor in typical bad horror movie fashion, yeah. Literally, only one character seems to think this is odd. Everyone else is just like, yeah, cool. And it's only Alicia, is it? The main girl? Yeah. Who, with the, I will admit, very sexy top that she was wearing. What, the uh, black top? The black top yeah. that was cross-hatched across the breasts. Yes, yes, yes. Um, see, Uwe knows his audience, yeah. and it's sick perverts like me. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is why you're going against Disney and now speaking yeah. out against their hatred of Uwe Boll. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what? Better than Star Wars. Anyway, um, 
but to be fair, I'd have said that when Lucasfilm owned Star Wars as well, because yeah. I don't like Star Wars. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, um, she's the only one who realises anything's wrong. And the other characters yeah. are ridiculously dumb. Like, the amount of times she's yeah. like, look, that's wrong. Don't you think that this being trashed is wrong? I think they find some blood at one point. Yeah. And she's like, look, something happened. Everyone's like, eh. And yeah. No, they're probably just out somewhere. It's like, what, the whole rave has gone somewhere other than the yeah. rave? Also, why is the rave on this island? Like, There's who no, owns no, this no. island? There's no local facilities. How are they powering it? Exactly. Like, how are they powering the rave? Are exactly. they massive fuck-off batteries or what? Oh. It's, yeah, there's no explanation for any of this. No. But, yeah, um, there's but they a, find a... They find a keg, That's don't it. they? Yeah, I was going to mention um, the keg. Because they, I guess they want to do some keg stands. Or no, something. no, no. The keg bit is where, um, like, it's as you say, Alicia's like, this doesn't seem to work out. Like, where is everyone? What's going on? And they're like, yeah, it is strange. They left the whole keg here. And so, like, well, isn't that strange that they would have left a whole keg of beer? And he's like, the only thing that's strange is the type of beer that it is. Like, we right. can't get drunk on this. And then someone's like, yeah, I can. And it's like, it's a bit of a uh, bro bants. But yeah. it's like, no, I think you'd just be like, yeah, where the hell is everyone? <laughs> doesn't this bother any of you? <sighs> We're on the island where the rave of the year is supposed to be happening, but it's completely deserted. Yeah, it worries me. It worries me they don't have any mixers. Simon cannot survive on butt alone. Oh. Speak for yourself, dude. And <laughs> there's a bit... Is this the bit where Salish is uh, moaning to himself? Uh, I think it's when he's unpacking the... He's unloading the cargo. Yeah, and he's moaning, so he's going, why have I always got to do this shit? And I've put, because Jürgen Prock now is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the uh, the real reason why <laughs> we can't have him on set for things like this. Otis is on the boat unloading. It's night time and it's raining. Who's Otis? Otis. Oh, sorry, he's Salish. They, uh, when they first meet him, they call him Otis, and I thought that was his name. And right. then it's like, only then they stopped calling him Otis. Right. So I don't know if his name is Otis Salish or if Otis was meant to be a reference to something that Salish I didn't Otis. get. It could, uh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you've you've got a um, you've got an option for worst line written down here. I have indeed. Which is the line: uh, "I'm starting to get diabetes from all this sugar. Sugar over here." Look, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go see if I can find out where everyone went. So you think you okay. Is anyone else coming? Oh hell no! Me and Sin are gonna. Groove to some funky tunes all night long, right, baby doll? You know too, mm. Okay, you know what? I'm coming with you. I'm starting to get diabetes from all the sugar, sugar over here. Oh, it doesn't yeah. deliver very well, so I thought it was a bad line. No, I no. would say that the line you've picked out, though, is worse. So, like, you've, you've already beaten that, but there is one later that I think might I think be able to top it. Um, but yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. I think I bet we've got the same uh, it one. It probably is. It's really weird because I, I I actually watched this a few days ago, mm. so this is actually reminding me of what happened. <laughs> uh, so then Otis hears zombies running around. He hides the stuff. Uh, this is when he's in the jungly, foresty type yeah. bit, isn't it? And I don't know why they don't just bury it at the beach. I know. And then you hear this noise, and he screams, and I believe that's the last we ever see of him. That's the last we until see of him until, until, until we see zombies. Salish, yeah, later. Um, meanwhile, Greg and Cynthia decide it's time to let's get it on. Yeah. And I've got that there was a nice little awkward premature ejaculation joke here. There was indeed. Because, uh, of course, you can't, can't do a film without a, with a sex scene without a premature ejaculation That's joke. it, that's right. It is a problem that affects many men. It's uh, not funny. <laughs> not me, but, you know, other, <laughs> not, other no, guys. No, not us, not us. Other guys, so I Pre hear. Premium men, we are, yes, fantastic. I'm, I'm a five-star man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that's from uh, that's from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. So they they go into like a little tent thing, don't they? Yes. And um, he's desperately you, trying to like velcro yeah. the front up so they can have some privacy. Yeah, and you get the really stereotypical horror movie scene. Like this, this scene exists in pretty much every Friday the Thirteenth film, where they're in a tent, they're about to bang it out, and he goes, "Oh wait, I need to pee." I literally can't read that line because it's so stupid. <laughs> so this is my contender for worst line. <laughs> so funny. How did I miss this one? Because I haven't written this one down. So it's as he's trying to Velcro the, the front closed, he's like, Velcro, go, come on, Velcro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he turns around and he goes, and we are going to do the humpy bumpy, baby. The humpity bumpity. <laughs> As soon as I heard humpity bumpity, I was sold on that line. <laughs> I have noted at this point that the sound mix in this film is not good. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. just mean the dubbing. I mean the fact that I was having to constantly adjust the volume on my TV. Yeah, it's got an American soundtrack, which means you are going to have to dial up for dialogue and dial down for action. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so he goes off to pee. And you get the typical scene. I tell you what's funny about this scene is it's a scene that could be scary if it was directed in any way well. Yes, yeah, yeah, it where could the, work. Where the shadows start to appear, of the zombies start to appear. It needed to, to be done slower with some like gravitas, didn't it? Everything's too wide in this film. Yes. Um, there's there's no close-ups. There's no, no. there's no intimate moments. Skipping ahead slightly... There's a scene later on where they're walking through the woods and you see some of the zombies in the background walking through the woods, right? Yes. Um, but here's the other problem with this film. I don't want to be super negative because, you know, we make films as well and we fuck up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. have to say, the actors playing the zombies in this film are the worst zombie actors I have ever seen. Mm. And I'll explain that. When you get that scene later on where you could see them walking through the background, which should be scary. It should be like, uh, be oh, creepy, shit, this yeah. stuff. In this. They're all just walking like normal, able-bodied people. There's a bit on the boat later where I literally laughed out loud yeah. where um, one of the, two of the zombies walk out and try to attack Jürgen Prock now. Um, and they honestly walk on with all the... Uh, all the effort of a fucking builder arriving at the builder's set <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Time for work, Jürgen. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> sipping sipping a cup of tea with one hand, scratching their ass crack with the other. Have you clocked in, Jürgen? You're gonna you're it's not gonna literally. get paid if you don't clock yeah. in, son. <laughs> anyway, the zombies are bad. Is my point? Yes. The zombies presumably kill Cynthia. Well, yes. I don't think we see it on no, camera. We, do we, we don't, but we see a, a zombified version later on. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Simon, Karma, and Alicia find the church, and this is where we've got my next contender for worst line. Okay. So at this point, Alicia is still the only one who's willing to admit that anything's wrong. Yes. Everyone else is still trying to act like everything's all cool. They're faced with this terrifying church, and they literally say to her, "These two lines come right next to each other." I am not going. This is a spot in a 24-hour room service. You're on your own, hon. She walks forward a step, turns back to them, and goes, Well, are you coming, or am I going to myself? They've just told you they're not coming. <laughs> Sorry, I've just realized your girlfriend's asleep in the next room. That's I'm, all right, I'll but it is, it, it is frustrating when uh, lines are that dumb. You're like, did you not think 
that through. Like, it's awful. It's so bad. And you could have salvaged it in the edit, but you didn't. In fact, you emphasized it by yeah. the cut. Honestly, it's one of my other contenders for worst line because it's awful. Yeah. It's terrible. I still love Humpity Bumpity, though. I do love the the crucifix protection joke. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It, for me, it's between the crucifix protection joke and the Humpity Bumpity. Mm. But anyway, so, so they, at this point, they head inside to the church house type thing. And this is where we're introduced to Rudy. Yep. Liberty, who is smoking hot in an American leotard. And Hugh, or as I've noted him down here, Wish.com Ethan Hawke. Yes. Yes. He is, right? He's you very, see that? Yeah, yeah. They've made him look slimy, but then he doesn't last very long anyway. So, no. <laughs> he, he, um, he, I think he might have just been a guy who worked on the production who got caught in shot and they went, eh, fuck it, it's you now. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does not last very long at all, though, no, does he? He's and he dead doesn't in have like any real minutes. lines or any purpose. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Like the way they establish him, when we see Rudy at the rave just before like the main yeah. story kicks off he's right next to him like he's a you know yeah. there's a deep connection between those two and then he's the only other survivor along with liberty yeah. at the church at the, at the house so it's yeah. like okay so this guy's got and he's got and a camera so it's like i think the only relevance he's got is that he has a camera so he's recorded the footage that they From see the in rave. a minute yeah. yeah which looks terrible which looks terrible so um, he's not a very good cameraman I, I, either i don't know if they said but it could in no the... one else have been the cameraman yeah. like, why did you need a character for I that know. i don't know if they said it in the film and i just missed it but do we actually have a clear uh do we have do we ever get told how much time has like basically how no. long have these three been trapped in this house no, no we get no like, idea was the rave the day before was it a week ago so the rave when we do we see the rave it's the daytime isn't it yeah it's, it's at so was the it end earlier the, that day yeah i think so because they they arrive towards the end of the day don't they and that are going into the night yeah. so i think i think yeah i think that was earlier in the day Right, I see. But it's, I don't know why they were allowed to rave for so long before the zombies came. I don't know why the zombies didn't attack them in the house yeah. the way they do the rest of the film. Yeah. Including the fact that um, the girl who went skinny dipping, as well as Matt, her boyfriend, I assume, were murdered in there. Yeah, yeah. And like, but we don't get any reference to that yeah. again. They were murdered in there, and then the zombies just went, okay, we're not here anymore, and they disappeared. So those guys locked themselves in. in. Yeah, so basically all the stuff with Matt and Nameless titty girl yeah um that's all that, that and they, was... those two characters never interact with anyone else in the film do they apart from maybe at the beginning at the rave i don't think because... i don't recall seeing those two no, in the th rave they leave the rave we see right. them leave the rave because i'm but I'm, they don't no, actually I'm interact reckoning. i don't think i think they just leave the rave i'm wondering if that was all just additional footage that got shot afterwards to pad the runtime Possibly. And maybe because Uwe felt he was below his boob quota. Maybe. Or maybe there was meant to be another building they went to, or another building they were meant to lock themselves in, but mm. they couldn't afford it in the budget. Yeah, maybe. So they just reused the house. Maybe, yeah. It, yeah, because the, the use of the house makes no sense throughout the course of this film. So is this the point where Wish.com Ethan Hawke, they get attacked by zombies and Wish.com Ethan Hawke gets killed? Uh, yeah, so they go back to the rave, don't they, to see if they, like, to try and pick up Greg and Cynthia. Mm. But Cynthia's zombie yeah, attacks kills and, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, just snaps his neck. Yeah. yeah, doesn't even bite him, just snaps his neck. Yeah. 
So it's like, so he's not being a zombie then. He's just dead, dead. <laughs> um, and they end up, uh, they end up fleeing to the boat, don't they, to try and get away from the yes, boat. Yes, but then that's uh, when the boat gets attacked. Oh, sorry, no. Before they get to the boat, there's a hilarious joke, and yes, that is sarcasm, where they flip over a portaloo that had Greg inside. Yes, it. Greg was uh, somehow locked in the portaloo. Yeah, that's never explained how he got himself trapped in the portaloo. It's just so Uve can do a shit joke. Yeah, a shit joke and a reason for him to survive. <laughs> Not. It's a shit joke that is also a shit joke. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A bit um, like the whole film. Yeah. I mean, um, we're, we're going to recommend this, right? The House of the Dead. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're gonna approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. The House of the Dead. So this is where <laughs> Casper turns up, right? Yes, Casper. Now, that's the policewoman that I was mentioning earlier. And Casper is played by Ellie Cornell, which I'm just going to fact check myself here, because I do, I do recall thinking that this woman looked familiar. It's not Chris Cornell, but in a dress. <laughs> No, I'm joking. No, no, no. If it's who I think it is, because the whole time I was watching House of the Dead, I was like, she looks familiar, but I can't place her. We said the whole time. She doesn't last that long. <laughs> I do believe, because that name sounds familiar, Ellie Cornell, I do believe she is from Halloween 5, yes, The she Revenge is. No, she's of in, Michael also, Myers. She's in Halloween 4 and 5, I believe. Oh, she, yes, she's in 4 as yeah, well. Yeah, I think yes. she's a character called Rachel. Yes, that's I've right, never seen yeah. those films, but I saw her credits yeah. on it, because I was like, this actress is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she's terrible in those films, but she's terrible in this. Like, her acting is bad. She's comparatively terrible, yeah. Right. I mean, um, no one is great in Halloween 4 and 5. Well, no one's except, great in House of the Dead. Except Donald Pleasance, of course, because Donald Pleasance is a god. No, fair enough. So they flee to the boat where... I did like this bit. Uh, well... The bit where the zombies first turn up, as I said, laughable. They're like bird like the, builders. The way that they're wading through the water as well, like they're well. The first <laughs> one that gets on the boat, honestly, mm. strolls so casually onto the set that I thought a crew member had just wandered into the <laughs> shot. Like, but it is pretty badass when Jurgen Prot now just starts wasting them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He's, just and he's got a great, he's got a great big cigar in his mouth, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Jurgen Prot now is a ledge. Yeah, exactly. So zombies are climbing on the boat. He's shooting them with his pistol. Uh, meanwhile, on the shore, they get attacked by zombies as well. Um, and I don't remember noticing this bit where Rudy hurts his hand on a nail. Yeah, he. F so this is actually uh, something that I found out that they did to cover up an actual accident on the set. Oh. The, the guy played Rudy hurt his hand because... I think that it was a grenade or something like that they were using, or an explosion mm. went off and had burned his hand. Oh, okay. So they needed to wrap it up. 
So they filmed the later scenes first and then they came back to do this and he falls over on the rickety bridge and his hand falls on a nail oh, okay. and that's why his hand is bandaged the rest of the film. Oh. It's actually just to cover up the fact that the crew mm. managed to hurt him. So this is actually the point where, bear in mind, the film hasn't been good up to this point. Has it not? This is where the film starts to fall apart for me even further. <laughs> I mean, oh Christ, can uh, you imagine? falling? Uh, how good it's been up to this point, ladies and gentlemen, and it's about to fall apart. Well, so this is the first big action scene yes and mm. i just don't feel i don't get any emotion the way uve both shoots action no um, no it's very cold and distant and yeah there's no emotional impact to it a lot of it's stupid as well yes um and it just feels unnecessary um but basically fight 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 happens there's a bit where they think they've killed a zombie and is it simon goes up to it and surprise the zombie's not dead and it vomits in his face yeah so yeah it vomits on him it burns his right cheek yeah it vomits acid yeah because that's which, what zombies do yeah I, I, I mean no no other zombie vomits acid at any other point in this film no it's the only time it happens and it just so happens to happen but you knew Again, it's like false tension yeah it's just we throw this in oh i saw that on aliens that'll be fine we'll throw that in there then acid blood or vom or whatever um meanwhile greg and casper they go to, so casper is ellie cornell the cop yes, the cop yeah. they go to try and get her boat rather than trying to use kirk's boat yep um, i don't know why they didn't just go on kirk's boat and ride round to her boat because, like, do you see my point? Because they were at they were at Kirk's boat, Jürgen yeah. Prochnow's boat, and they could have just taken his boat and, but because they needed a boat to leave the island, yeah. So either um, leave the island on his boat or then go around and pick up hers on the way. Yeah. They don't do that. They instead it's like, oh, we're gonna walk through the forest to my boat because yeah. some reason we can't use his. I don't believe it got blown up. No, I don't think it did. No, so like, just um, what, what, like, why aren't you yeah. using his boat? Well, just because there's zombos on it, but that would be in the forest anyway. Yeah. Well, this is the bit where I mentioned earlier where they're going through the forest and you can see the zombies in the background just wandering yes. casually. Yeah, and then following we get them. It's meant to be creepy. It yeah. should be creepy. Yeah. Somehow it's not. And then we get some terrible wire work. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've also got down here that um, the lighting in the forest scenes especially the bit not the bit with greg and ellie cornell the bit with jürgen Prochnow and the other survivors where yeah. they they open up the case and find all the weapons the lighting is and i'm gonna slag myself off here the lighting is candy heart level bad um as in i don't know if you noticed they use too high for now th th there's no there's no light source within the film right but they're all well lit with bright orange tungsten light yeah, yeah. and you're like well none of you are holding torches no there's Where no torches there's light no light sources from? hanging up and there's no flares yeah it's yeah. not even moonlight it's tungsten light yeah um and you can literally see like where the edge of it is on people as well yeah um it, it's not good at all um and it, to be fair it's one of those things that probably a generic audience don't notice that no i mean i did it looks good except for when you're trying to realize when when you watch it um critically and you just go, well, hang on, where is that source? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of cinematography 101. The reason you don't have random lights just thrown wherever the hell is because a, an audience might not understand why, yeah. but they'll look at it and go, something doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel 
yeah. authentic. This feels like a set. Yeah. And I think this is where we get our first Matrix imitation. Yes. Where the zombies are on wire work. Yes. Doing all sorts of leaps and shit that look fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. The action in this film is not great. Um, um, did, have they used a 360 spin no, yet? Or is that I, later? I think they all come at the churchyard, don't they? Yeah, I think it's mostly um, the churchyard, isn't but it? But they all look fucking terrible as well. Oh, I like those shots. No, they're awful. Why? Be gone. Okay, well, we get to those. <laughs> Be gone, you vile man. Be gone. <laughs> uh, but anyway... So we're now at the awful flashback sequence where Captain Kirk tells the legend of an old Spanish galleon captain. Yes. Now, I did get his name later. I didn't catch it at this point. The guy's name was Castillo. The... Castillo, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he basically was a criminal and he killed the captain of his boat. Yeah. And they landed on this island and he enslaved all the natives. Now... I'm I'm not great with American history. I know no. this. I know the Spanish did conquer a lot of America. Yeah, the Spanish I don't mostly think... got the sort of southern states. Yeah, areas, they didn't, didn't they? go up near Seattle. <laughs> no, I don't believe. so. I mean, they might have done in spits and spurts, but that was mostly British, uh, like in British territory. Yeah, the film um, would be better if it was like a Canadian tribe who'd come down. Yeah, and took it. I mean, and there's no much... reason why he has to be Spanish either. They could have yeah. made it a British galleon. It well, would have worked just the same. Imagine how much better this film would be if he was a Canadian. He's like, ooh, you invaded my island, I'm sorry to say. Ooh. I mean, that's that's a phenomenal accent, I have to say. Yeah. But the, <laughs> the other thing... that. Yeah. But the other thing as well is it's not really that cool to have a villain that apologises for killing him. That's why it'd be hilarious. <laughs> sorry, mate. Oh, that's a terrible... No, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> We're getting worse. Uh, so, meanwhile, uh, Greg and Casper, they're being followed by zombies. And I think this is the bit where they get split up. Is that right? Yes. Greg runs away um, and hides under this tree and they try and do this tension scene where it's uh, you, one of the zombies is trying to find him sort of yeah. thing so, and it goes away and he's like, oh, cool, I'm going to you leave know, now. You, do you recognise where that's from? Well, you've put here that it's from Lord of the Rings, seeing as I can't stand Lord of the Rings. No, I didn't recognise it. Right, okay. So Lord of the Rings has a moment in the first film where the hobbits are getting chased by the riders of Rohan, I believe they are. They're like the, 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 these spectres that are chasing after the ring. And in order to hide, they end up hiding underneath, exactly the same as this, hiding underneath a massive fallen tree. Yeah. And while they're there, like this, um, like one of the spirit things sort of climbs over, like, over the tree and is looking around and starts sniffing. <laughs> Like the zombie does. Yeah, like trying to find them. And then can't. you're like, oh, are they going to get found? Are they not going to get found? And then the thing turns and leaves. And it's just like, oh, they managed to get away with it. It's exactly the same. Yeah. And that was two years earlier. So there's no way that, I mean, there's no way in hell Lord of the Rings copied House of the Dead anyway. But he definitely took yeah. that idea. Um, and then, you know, he, they do this thing on the soundtrack where when he starts trying to leave, you know that there's going to be a moment where he gets found because they, I don't know if you noticed, they dropped all of the sound effects. Yes. So his footsteps suddenly aren't making any noise like they were yeah, before. Yeah, there's literally zero noise, not yeah. even the crunching of soil. So, and I, I see why Uwe's done it. It's so mm. that you, the, the snapping of the twig when he gets caught, that really, in theory, would you'd be like, oh shit, it doesn't yeah. work. You can't just take all your... You, you're telegraphing the moment so badly. Yeah, it needs to be you drop out the music, and then you, but you still need atmospherics and sound effects, and then that snap needs to be louder in the mix so it's really noticeable. You don't drop everything else out so that one low-quality twig snap 
exactly. s- sound effects exactly. gets heard. Um, and I have put here, sorry, we missed this bit slightly because okay. I was trying to read from two different things. Um, a guy died. I don't know who died. I've just put guy dies. That's Greg, I think, because he gets surrounded and the screen goes red. Oh, this is the exact bit, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets a death screen effect. Yes. And it's fucking obnoxious and I hated it. Yes. And they do it for some other characters they later do. on. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, it, it's, it's designed, I think, to try and look like the death scenes in the game. Yeah. But... It, yeah, you, there's a reason that you adapt. You don't just do the game, because otherwise, just play the game. It's, it's yeah, it doesn't work. It is obnoxious. However, Casper is still alive. Um, I don't know how she survived and he didn't, but you know, one of those things that never gets explained. Casper, the friendly, friendly ghost, ghost. Uh, the friendliest <laughs> ghost. Do you remember the Casper film? No, I didn't watch it. Have you ever seen it? No. With Bill Pullman in it. Well, no. From memory, it's all right. Okay. It was a 90s film, but I was too old by the time it came out. Ah. Yeah. Uh, You always forget I'm older than you. uh, Um, So, the main team decide that the church is... uh, Sorry, the house is the most defensible point. So, they decide to go back to it. Casper finds them immediately. Like, bear in mind, she and Greg were meant to have been traversing through to get to her boat. Mm. Um, They've just been attacked, and all of a sudden, she just appears from the bush. She's like, oh, hey, guys, where are we going? Uh, And she tells them her boat was destroyed. We don't see that. So that's just given to us in dialogue. She goes, oh, my boat's been destroyed and I don't know where the dude who was on it is. Um, Kirks has weapons in his illegal cargo, so they all arm up. And I, I started noting down what they had, but then I, like, I was like, oh, Rudy gets a six-shot revolver and some Uzis. Casper gets a shotgun. And then I realised that they changed them all as, whenever the hell they wanted anyway. Uh, so it was pointless. This is where we're going into the second big action sequence, isn't it? Outside yes. The the, the, probably the biggest action sequence yeah. of the film. And this is fucking abhorrent this scene it's filled with slow-mo it's way too long yeah it's way too long massive overuse of slow-mo matrix effects that don't make any sense like my personal favorite when a zombie comes out and throws an axe and this girl just shouldn't jump she just lifts into the air like she can levitate yes and hovers there that was alicia i think levitates and the axe shoots the zombie and the axe somehow misses her despite being on a straight line coming towards her she's not actually out the way of the shot he must have just missed yeah, anyway because I assumed she was going to shoot the axe in midair yeah, to stop which it. would have been cool um, but no but she just floats up to here and and exactly what you've just said you get all these like 360 rotations of actors yeah. that were clearly shot later because none of their weapons match uh, I particularly noticed it with Karma yeah. she's using a shotgun during the battle sequence yes. but in her 360 shot she's dual wielding pistols yes, yes and this is, is literally right. anyway this um, is what I will say about these is uh, I, I, I'm going to say one nice thing about the effect of the 360 mm. The fact that I kind of like them, but they are way overused. Yeah. But the what I will say about the 360 shots is this was actually the very last film made using that particular 360-degree shot effect. Right. Um, because the way they achieved it was using a boom arm that would spin around the actor at high speed, yeah. which, you know, got the effect. Mm. The problem with it was that it, if it, someone got in the way even a bit, and a massive mechanical boom arm smashing into you 
did you quite a bit of damage. Which is probably why these feel like they were done afterwards, because also... You need you to know, rig them up especially. The, the, the battlefield is full of zombies and people, yeah. but whenever it cuts to a 360 shot, everyone else seems to have magically disappeared. Yeah, everyone's sort of in their own, in like a, there's, and there's like a massive gap between them and the zombies, but in a yeah. perfect circle. That's, I'm guessing, where they're standing around the boom arm so that they're not getting hit yeah. by it. Uh, but this was the very last time that that particular style like that particular way of achieving that shot was done yeah um so there's a bit of movie history mm. tied into this very so, small but there you go uh, and uh, i'll put here as well something very important new metal music kicks in yeah fucking hell it's yeah. it's the best part of the film because oh. of that so this is the point where Liberty, this is the point where my girl Liberty dies. Yes, and uh, you you checked out at this point. And su surprisingly <laughs> enough, I lost interest once the hot, once the attractive, large-breasted Asian lady was gone. You've seen it before, haven't you? So. I actually watched it before on you free copy on YouTube in glorious like a hundred p. Like it was, it was like watching the old original Resident Evil. It's nice. Yeah, it's no, but it was worse. <laughs> I do other than, see this other much. than the, uh, you know, oh, no, to be the, fair, you got you to see more of Liberty. You get to appreciate yeah. Liberty more. There you go. Uh, to be fair, I'll give uh, Castillo, the, the main villain. Yeah. He don't look too bad. Like he kind of no. looks, he looks a bit hokey, but yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, what I've put here as well, uh, they, for some reason they grenade the well. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no, like no one's coming out of the well. Cause I'm guessing they couldn't afford that. So they literally just for some reason. Let's be honest. It, prob the it probably wasn't a real well, was no, it? No, no, I know, but they, they probably only built the. But there was no one comes out of it. There was. It wasn't like oh shit, they keep coming from there. Yeah. Also, like bear in mind that they're they're standing at the edge of the graveyard. To, there's a graveyard outside this house. Yeah, and it only lasts for ten meters at most. Mm. It's not very long. No. And so it's like right, we need to run there. Zombies come around from behind them. And it takes them about 25 minutes of an action sequence to reach the house. Yeah. And you're like, like you've got all these weapons. I get that. And you're trying to kill. But why are you trying to kill every single zombie yeah. before you get in the Honestly, house? Honestly, the film really does dip at this yeah, point. Yeah, because by the time they get to the house, they're like, oh, I'm out of bullets. Oh, I've got no weapons. I've got no grenades. I've got nothing left. It's like... Well, you would have done if you hadn't stood in the graveyard for 25 minutes shooting at everything that moved. Yeah, it's, it's no good. It's, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, so Liberty gets taken down by multiple zombies. She gets bitten. She's like, oh, and they don't. And this is oh, this is an important bit because Rudy watches her die yeah. and does nothing to save her to try and give him some sort of story, I guess, in yeah. this film, considering he's supposed to be, quote unquote, the lead, even though he's not in it for half of it. Um yeah, and then he we get a flashback of everything that's happened in the film up to this point for no reason. Filling time, yeah, filling just, time. Just so he's like, oh my god, and everything's happening. And it's, I'm guessing the idea is that he's like, you know, he's seeing it all back again. And it's like, oh no, and this is yet another one gone. But it's not the right place to put it. It doesn't work in the context anyway. It yeah, it's just a bad choice. Um, so the rest are trying to get in through the front door, but the front door's locked for some reason. Like they left the place. I'm guessing the zombies locked it. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> there's, but there's no one inside. There's no zombies inside. So who locked it? Must from be Castillo. Yeah, but I think he's outside at this point because he's watching from the trees, I believe. Yeah, but he could have gone locked. Cause he we're he back at daylight again now, aren't no, we, during uh, this no, sequence? No, 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 it's night time. They've just it? overlit the actors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, so uh, but Rudy and Casper get separated 
from the main group and they try and get in through the side window and it takes really so long to pull the um the wooden bars off the broken window that he manages to climb in and he helps pull casper in but they rip her legs off and that's mm. enough to kill her instantly for some reason um but yeah so she basically dies instantly from having her legs ripped off and this is giving him his whole sort of like oh you guys i've got so much email it's like he just starts being angsty boy now because of it I'm a nasty boy in a nasty world. Uh, Kirk gets bitten in the leg before they can get inside because he's, he's shooting them down because he's the only one bullets left. Yeah. Probably because he's the best shooter. Um, but he gets bitten in the like the inner thigh. Someone was sexy. Someone, yeah, someone was after some tasty prime Jurgen Proc now, and uh, <laughs> some uh, some. Uh, oh God, this joke would be really good if I can't wait. It's called uh, Brockwurst. Some Brockwurst. Ah, some Prockwurst. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah so they managed to get inside but he's been bitten he's sort of sitting they lie him on a table they decide to look at the rest of the house to Mm. see uh, what else is there Simon's face Simon pulls the bandage that he's got over his face to see how it is and it's like it's starting to congeal like the the bite on his like the the burn marks on his face so I assume he's going to turn into a zombie but that never actually ends up happening all we've got left by the way at this point we've got Rudy Alicia Karma, Simon, and Kirk. Those are the only five remaining. Yep. Kirk is injured, lying on the table. Um, Simon's got a burned face. Karma, Alicia, and Rudy are the only ones without much damage, though Rudy's got a damaged hand. So, so I put here about the American soundtrack. So at this point, it got to me because, again, it was like, dun, 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 dun. And certainly this sequence, you had, like, it was really loud throughout the yeah. action sequence, which is fine. That's what you'd want in an action sequence. And then they get in the house, close the door, and it's like, so everyone, I can yeah and you're like for god's sake just turn the flipping thing up yeah learn to mix your fucking audio correctly yeah it really annoys me because it's not that hard and i mean don't get me wrong audio isn't easy but it's easier than this yeah you're deliberately making it hard yeah you're making you're trying to boost artificially boost the action noise which isn't necessary karma then decides to comfort simon kissing him and telling him that she thinks he's still sexy despite the burn because he's getting a little bit self-conscious yeah, um, so, so would I if half my face would burn off. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Ugly ass motherfucker. Well, considering that Get he, Phantom he, of the Opera mask, they're fixed. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, I mean, to be fair, he's said that the only thing he's got going for him is his looks as well, because he's, he's a dumbass. But he's not an attractive man. I think I think Uwe Boll obviously thought he was an attractive man. <laughs> this is Uwe Boll's like, oh, I don't care about casting actually attractive men. I bet Uwe Boll's that kind of director. When they were casting the girls, <laughs> he was there like, on you know engaged in the casting yes. sessions and then when it was the dudes he was just like yeah i'm busy i'm getting coffee <laughs> yeah but i mean he's some bratwurst and coffee yeah. <laughs> is that a terrible stereotype of german people i mean it's fine when it's him because we found out he was racist because of blooming postal didn't yeah, we? yeah, yeah so yeah. like I've, I've got i don't care about offending uve ball at this point alicia and rudy notice the zombies are carrying their dead away and it's like a point is made of this they're looking through the window and so like, they're carrying away their dead but that doesn't come back. Mm. So it's like, well, like... It's irrelevant. Then. It's irrelevant. Like, why did you spend time on this? And then Rudy has a temper tantrum. He sits there and Alicia's like, oh, hey, what's going on with you? He's like, oh, I couldn't save them. And and it just, I couldn't do it. And I was supposed to. And it's like, but no, I'm not a hero. I can't do this. And, you know, that's really sexy. So Alicia decides she finds him attractive and kisses the hell out of him. Rudy, what happened? Why does it matter what happened? 
She's dead. I didn't save her. It's not your fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. Were you here? Did you see it? Did you see me watch them rip her apart? It's like, I don't think women like people throwing five-year-old temper tantrums in the middle of a crisis no. and go, oh, that's so hot. <laughs> it's like, that's not... I am, I am moister than an oyster. Oh, <laughs> that's disgusting. It is. I can't remember where I got that from. Well, it's from it's from a video on the internet. Oh, uh, and it goes. <laughs> I, I was on the internet and I found this. You know, no, I mean it's like a a TikTok or something. Sure. And it's like I am moister than an oyster, and I've always remembered that because it's so gross. <laughs> um, Alicia reads a ship's journal, and it documents the massacre of the crew by Castillo, mm. but from the perspective of a member of the crew. So my question is this: Who wrote it? Because he murdered the captain, then he murdered the crew, took the boat to the island and murdered all the inhabitants of the island. Then Must have been one of the crew who survived the original massacre. Yeah. And, and was killed later. But, but was somehow in mm -hmm. Castillo's house writing down, going, yes, he did all of this, by the way. And then I'm guessing got murdered later or something. Uh, it's I like this, this is one surviving crew member writing shit down uh, in Castillo's house I, without his knowledge. I believe the word for that is plot convenience. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so the stories that Kirk told us make sense now. They abandon Kirk. They decide that he's unsalvageable. And he tells them to go, to be fair. Uh, so they can fortify one of the back rooms. They go in there and they find that it's actually a laboratory, like a really gross horror yeah. laboratory with experimentation being done on the dead. <gasps> I know. Shock, horror, a film called House of the Dead. It's got experiments in it. And a house, uh, which to be fair, House of the Dead 2 and 3 didn't have. Uh, <laughs> Rudy can tell a blood sample has been mutated, though she, he doesn't say how. He kind of looks through a, a, like a, a microscope and he's like, well, these cells, they've been mutated. But he doesn't say how, he doesn't say why, he doesn't say like have any explanation as to how he would recognise a mutated cell. Mm, let's see. So this is about zombies who are created through some kind of mutagenic experimentation, right? Yeah. And this isn't a low-budget Resident Evil knockoff. Well, this is not even a House of the uh, Dead knockoff. Uh, 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 You're, uh, uh, the film uh, is not the games. The uh, film is not the games. Oh, boy, and I said that. <laughs> I've said that many times. Because, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we if go like this, then Alice oh, exists in the Resident oh, Evil universe. <laughs> I'd rather be dead. Um, Kirk hears Salish whistling outside the door. And crawls himself to the door, mm. opens it, and that's where we see zombie Salish for the first time since earlier in the film. He shoots Salish, but Salish doesn't die. Uh, so Kirk basically stays outside with a stick of dynamite, blows himself up and everyone else around him. But the force of the explosion of the dynamite he was using actually blows the door off its hinges and like opens the windows. You were only supposed to blow the, the bloody, bloody doors off. off. <laughs> So, yeah, he's basically screwed them by deciding to do that. Uh, Rudy finds gunpowder in uh, the back room, just at this point, by the way, where it's relevant to the Not plot. Convenient. Plot armor. Uh, yeah, and, and basically says, oh, but we can't use it, because the only way to use it would be if someone stays with it. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Mm. 
so the zombies revo- a zombie revives. Simon is grabbed by the door, and while they all suddenly miraculously find a trap door in the floor that leads to the sewer. Why is there a sewer in an in abandoned know. island? I don't know. But I they, don't know. Yeah, so they find a trap door to the sewer that wasn't there apparently five minutes ago, uh, and Simon has been grabbed, and because he's now been uglified, he decides he doesn't mind. He stays behind, shoots the gunpowder, and blows everything up so they can escape. So the message here is ugly people don't <laughs> deserve to live. No, of course they don't. Um, so the house explodes while Rudy, Karma, and Alicia uh, basically hide in an underground tunnel. We've only got three survivors now, Rudy, Karma, and Alicia. They're in the tunnel and there's still zombies coming at them, so they're taking it in turns to shoot these zombies. Um, and this is where you get loads of gameplay footage cut in. Yeah, it's the only footage I... 100% could recognise was from House of the Dead 1. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, Carla suddenly forgets to go to Specsavers and just blindly runs into a bunch of zombies and gets destroyed. Yeah, she's like, I'll hold them back and then just runs in and dies. And it's like, but you didn't need to. What was the reason? You Because the others didn't run either. I'll take care of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was a waste. Uh, so then you get this awkward sequence where this man in a cloak turns up and kills all the zombies for them, and he leads Alicia and Rudy away into these catacombs. And they think it's Greg at first, despite, you know, having literally just left him yeah. with Greg. Uh, but no, no, no. that was no. Simon they left it, with, to blow up the... Who's Greg? Greg was the one who um, went out in the woods with Casper. And got the acid on his face. No, no, that was Simon. Simon got the acid on his face and then blew up the stuff a second I've ago. completely forgot who Greg is then. Greg anyway. is the guy who was who did the humpity bumpity. Yeah, I thought that was the guy who got his face melted no. as well. They've all blended into one for me, yeah. Rory. Oh, yeah, those two they, have very they, little difference they, to they, This other. film starred Liberty and a bunch of generic white people. That's all that my brain remembers. No, Karma was black. Um, oh, yeah, and Karma. Because she was Foxy Brown. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, he's doing the typical horror movie villain thing where he's wearing another dude's face. Oh. Um... And here's another suggestion for worst line, which I'm going to read. Uh, so she, this is Castillo, who's the villain. He was the one wearing the face. Yep. And they piece together that he's been doing these experiments to try and prolong his own life, right? Yep. Uh, and Rudy goes, you created it all so you could become immortal. Why? And Castillo replies, to live forever. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what immortal means, you wankers. You created it all so you could be immortal. Why? This is as bad as... Um, I'm sure you've heard that MCU humour doesn't always hit very well. Right. One of the worst MCU jokes that for some reason people found funny, but I don't know why they found funny, because it's not funny. In Avengers Infinity War, there's yep. a scene between Thor... And uh, uh, Eitri the Dwarf, play- no, Eitri the Giant, no, he is a dwarf, but he is giant, played by Peter Dinklage. And basically Thor's got to open this gate and all the energy from a star is going to pour into it, blah, 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 blah. And um, Eitri goes to Thor, he goes, but you can't do that, you'll be killed. And um, Thor goes, only if I die, goes and holds the gate anyway. And, he- and then you just get this awkward shot, Eitri goes, yes, that's what, 
that's what killing you means. Yeah. And it's not it's funny. Like, it's really staged. And yeah, yeah. It, I'll tell you what, a better version, uh, one that I actually love because it's so dumb is from uh, Martian Gothic unification on the PlayStation. Right. Where a guy called Khan goes, for the sort of people who like that sort of thing, that's the sort of thing they like. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Which is at least better than the line from this yeah. film. <laughs> Uh, but basically, he's going to harvest a bit like the creeper in Jeepers Creepers. He's decided he wants a part from each of our two heroes. Yep. He wants Rudy's organs and Alicia's skin. Fair enough. She's got pretty good skin. I can see why you would want that. Pretty damn fine. Um, I don't think it will suit, go around the whole lot of him, though. No, he's quite a big dude, isn't he's, he? He's much bigger than her, at least twice her size. Yeah. And I don't um, mean fat. He's, you know, he's toned, but he's... He's, he's like he's, a hench, But dude. he's hench, and she's yeah. very not. No, she's very slim. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, they managed to overpower him somehow. Plot convenience. Yeah, again. that that does make sense because like Rudy is being held down by like um like he's been almost chained down to this thing, to this bed, and he just sort of kicks his way out of it. Yeah, and it's like and all the zombies are like, oh no, and they fall yeah. over. It's like, well, how come they couldn't have just done that while they were carrying him in? Like uh, Rudy trying to be a badass as a casual grenade toss over the shoulder. Yes, uh, which somehow Castillo survives. Yeah, because it, it you see it detonate, you see flames come out of the the hole that they they've now made it to ground. Mm. Uh, flames come out and like you hear the screams where everyone's died and been blown to pieces because you know it's ended everyone and then all of a sudden out the hole Castillo just walks out and he's not even burnt he's no. like eh? no he's missing one flap of his skin I noticed oh okay yes. his face yeah, on his forehead like, isn't yeah it? his yeah. face is like a stitched together patchwork of skin different skins yeah. and he's lost a piece but this is where we get the frankly hilarious sword fighting sequence yeah. Now that his, I thought this was terrible. Not only because, like conceptually, it doesn't fit in with House of the Dead anyway, but whatever. It's shot badly. It's shot badly it's and actually, choreographed badly. Oh, the, the actual fighting is terrible. Yeah. Like, I've done sword fighting before. This this is not sword fighting. This is like the hired actors who don't know how to sword fight and didn't train them and didn't train them. Yeah. Uh, but let's skip all that and go to our biggest also, leap in Also, Alicia logic. is never stated to have done... Because Alicia fights with him, doesn't she? Yeah. For quite, and she's kicking his ass for most of it. Yeah. And it's like, well... we've he's got He's a no, pirate. He he's should a, know how yeah, to... He's a story pirate who not only murdered his entire captaincy and crew, but also murdered an entire, you know... Village. I, village or island full of inhabitants yeah. by himself... On his Jonesome. And he's going to be beaten by, by some... By some girl uh, who doesn't have... have any, yeah, who hasn't said that she's got any sword fighting training whatsoever. No. She just happens to be able to beat him. It's like, well... Okay, like, I mean, can you imagine if this was made today, how many people would call it woke? Because mm. she wins a fight. Well, she, she kind of almost wins a no fight that she's for. got no training for and hasn't earned. But it's also not woke because of all the places he could stab her, he stabs her right between the chuzzies. I mean, it's really square on. Square like, it. Right yeah. through the. Remember, I said she's wearing the sexy top with yeah, the yeah, cross hatching? Yeah. Right through the cross hatching. <laughs> she should be dead. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how she's. Because it goes in you quite deep, red, doesn't yeah, it? And you get a red mark where you assume that's where the blood's going to start pouring from. Yeah. But. The sword gets removed and no blood pisses out. I think she gets a little bit. Yeah. Like a little dribble. That's a dribble, yeah. A little dribble. Not the gusher that you would have if your heart had she been torn. She have the world's strongest sternum. Yeah. Like, literally, her breastbone just, like, absorbed it. it. Yeah, I've absorbed the impact. <laughs> um, but anyway, she, so she beheads it. No, Rudy comes up behind and beheads Castillo. Yes. The body continues in what is a hilarious 
scene. Yeah. The body stays living and starts trying to strangle Rudy, and she realizes that you have to destroy the head. Yeah, Alicia you know, gets zombie shit. Yeah, at this point we still think Alicia's dead, and then all of a sudden she gets up and stamps on Castillo's head and yeah. the body drops. Because I wasn't sure if and this is me giving the film too much credit. <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was meant to be this was meant to be some symbolism where like she's somehow become part of the evil or something i mean but that no. would have been cool like how has she survived oh maybe she was in it the whole time like is is there anything like no no just yeah. just bad writing and uh you know perfect timing that's when a hol- uh, rescue helicopter turns up yeah with uh with agents on it who i believe are the two agents from the game Oh, are they? I didn't get their names. Yeah, I'm sure what are they Wik- called? I don't know, but I'm sure on Wikipedia it said they're the two agents you play as in the first. What, Rogan and G? Dead. Yes, you're right. They were Rogan and G. Yeah, so they're meant to be the agents from the first game, apparently, uh, which was garbage. It's a garbage thing that you're throwing in at the end of your film to just try and tie it into a game yep. that you've actually had nothing to do with for the whole film. No. I don't believe Castillo's from the games either. No, he's not. No, no, um, and but they they throw one more reference in, uh, which is the Curian one. Yes, so it turns out um, Rudy's surname is Curian, as in the Curian Mansion from the first House of the Dead, as in Doctor Curian's son. However, Doctor Curian's son in the game was Daniel Curian, and Daniel Curian was in House of the Dead three that was coming out at the same time as this film. (laughs) So already they'd done it wrong. The other thing as well is that in terms of the game, the story for. Daniel Curian is that he had an in like basically terminal illness. Yeah. Dr. Curian uh, works his ass off to try and like get and um, find a cure for it. And uh, d- during this, he manages to not only cure his son, but he goes mad. So in his insanity, he builds two other um, mutagens, which cause like these massive zombified evils to come along. Mm. Uh, not at all like resident evil. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know that sets off the the events of the film uh, of the game sorry now there is a version of dr curian in the second film apparently right at the end right uh dr roy curian though his name isn't ever given as roy in the games uh so we we'll see how that goes when Ugh. when we come to it and that's the story it literally ends quite abruptly there doesn't it it's like he yeah. goes oh, what's your name curian my name's curian and then he, they go you, they walk towards a helicopter you don't see and that's the end of the film um so jamie what would you do to improve this film uh well first of all liberty needs much more screen time liberty needs to be the lead yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god are we part of the problem because we just want to make this film with the hot lead in it. Anyway. There's nothing else going on in this yeah. film, let's be honest. I mean, first of all, just making the film competently would improve it. Yeah, not it, having Uwe Boll would be a big... Yeah, you can't, there's not just one little change you can make to fix this film. Yep. It needs many changes. Uh, for starters, I'd drop all the Matrix shit. Um, it was tired in 2003. It it's, was. It's hella tired now, 20 years later. Absolutely. Uh yeah, all that's got to go. You need to completely revamp your lighting. You need to fire your zombie actors and hire some decent zombie actors. They better make up as well because they, they, they clearly had like they had whole head pieces. Yeah. But they, More like masks than makeup, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, because they, they didn't have like missing parts to most of them. There was a couple that were like really old 
Because when I looked at some of the behind the scenes, they basically went, well, we've got some that were the ravers, so they're almost like as if they're not hardly zombified at all. And then we had some that are like from Castillo's time. So they're like, there's a couple in the film. Yeah, that are like traditional zombies almost. They don't move very fast and they're all disheveled and sort of what rot in a way. But there wasn't many of those, I'm guessing because of budget. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there really wasn't much of that to go around. To be honest, there's there's so many things you'd have to change with this. Yeah, it would need to be rewritten from scratch. Even if we, like, would you even keep with the rave on the island concept? Because, I mean, A, it's No, I think it's lame. Yeah, I I think it's just a lame excuse to get young people into a situation where they get murdered. Yeah. This is not a House of the Dead film. No, no, it's It's not. It's not an adaptation of the game. No, to make it like the game, you'd have to basically not make this film in yeah. any way like it is now yeah um and to make it a competent film it would st- like even if you made this film as it is competently it would still be at most an average horror film at best yeah. it would never be a stellar film there's nothing in it that th- you know, there's not even an idea in it where you'd go well if they'd only done that right this would be like a nine or ten out of ten yeah. film there isn't anything like that. It's like at best it's like, if they did all of this at its very best it could ever be done it might be a six out of ten if we yeah. push it that's it there's not much to it outside of that um yeah i really don't know the only way i could say to improve this film and i don't want to use it because it sounds like a scapegoat mm. but it really does apply to this film the only way to really salvage this film is to throw it away and start again from yeah, scratch i agree um yeah there's some interesting camera shots maybe here and there but they're not interesting enough to salvage the film uh okay so worst line potentials what's this for it's for your protection it's okay i'm on the pill Okay, you know what? I'm coming with you. I'm starting to get diabetes from all this sugar, sugar over here. I am not going in there. Uh, Yeah, unless there's a spa and a 24-hour room service, you're on your own, hon. Well, are you coming or am I going to myself? You created it all so you could be immortal. Why? Don't live forever. Beautiful Velcro. You're going to do the humpity-bumpity thing. Go out, baby. Humpity-bumpity. I think you got to go with Humpity Bumpity. You go with the Humpity Bumpity. As much as I like the protection line, because it's a cringeworthy joke, the actual words Humpity Bumpity, the fact someone actually wrote those on a page yep. makes my eyes bleed. I mean, yeah, it's definitely the worst line. Having said that, you created it all so you could become immortal. Why? To live forever is dire. And also the protection line. I th- So I would put those two as uh, like a joint second. They're both cringeworthy, terrible lines. But yeah. there's just something about the joy in... And the bit where they're like, um, you're on your own, hun. Well, are you coming or not? Yeah, yeah. That's just bad editing, really. Yeah, asked and answered, yeah. bitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last part of this then, Jamie, before a little bit of a conclusion... Uh, would you recommend this film? No. I mean, if someone came up to me and said, I absolutely have to watch an Uwe Boll film, of the ones I've seen, this is the best one. Okay. But that is like, that's like saying getting one of your legs blown off is marginally better than getting both of them blown off. Yes, you know that what is I mean? true. That is true. Um, I, I, th- I, there is an audience for this film. Um, th- like I said, this is the kind of stuff that gets shown at horror on scene. Yeah, this is very basically. If you really want 
low end, super low budget, bad films yeah. that are just, just you can just chew through without any yeah. thought. This definitely fits that. Mold. This, this is the cut. I tell you what, this film gave me a reminder of. Um, you know, TV channels like Sci Fi yes. or the Horror mm -hmm. Channel, and they'll play movies really late at night, like one in the morning. Yeah. This is one of those films. Okay. Where it's only being watched by like horny, drunk teenagers yes. or old perverts who can't sleep. Definitely that. It's definitely people that. like me. Yes, <laughs> people like yourself. However, you say that. But you found this review, did you not? Well, we love reading Uwe Boll reviews. Uh, so this is on Amazon uh, from, you. should I say the user's name, or should we spare him the... Spare him. Spare we'll him. spare him. This is from a user who rated it a three-star review. On Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah. Okay. This is what, I found this review when I bought the DVD, and I was like, Jamie, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm sure most YTube reviewers are owned in big capital letters, and push what their paymasters say, and most little, open brackets, basement, close brackets, reviewers, want to be part of the gang, and don't want to be the odd man out. Regarding contemporary movies, House of the Dead is like the Doom movie, another game, in capital letters. Right, first of all, first of all, right, why is game capitalised? We know it's a game adaptation. Second of all, you're actually insulting the Doom film. Yes. And Doom is not a great film, no. but you're insulting it. It's better than this. We both recommended the Doom film. Um, <laughs> and we even harder recommended our Doom porno. Yes. Um, anyway. Another game adaptation that will be an entertaining hour and a half. No, it's not Shakespeare. Duh. Is it not? But neither is 95% of the other films being made. True. And 100% of the films made by Uwe Boll. The obvious witch hunt and lambasting of the director makes me smell a rat. And anyone who thinks the film industry isn't a mafia with subgroups fighting is naive. But they've spelt naive wrong. Um, okay, so first of all, mate, you've just actually pitched a better film there than any film Uwe Boll's ever made. Yeah, that is such I a would, cool film I idea. I would love a film with Hollywood being split into various mafias. The film Mafia is amazing. Amazing idea. And Disney's The Godfather. There's a bit where they say we're going to go see The Godfather and they walk into a room, right, and it's all lit moodly. It's a big chair. It spins around and it's Mickey Mouse. Yes. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Oh. Why don't we make this film, Jamie? Because we don't have the rights to Disney. <laughs> well, we'd, we'd have to call it Risney or something. <laughs> just well, like a, a playoff of... It's just... Don't get me wrong. If the, Like I said, there is an audience for this film. If this guy liked it, that's fine. But for the love of God, to claim that there's an unreasonable conspiracy against Uwe Boll... And he makes, only gave it three out of five. Yeah, it makes me think that was written by Uwe. Actually, you're right. No, Uwe would have given it five out of five. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand... This is the same man who referred to Postal as, quote, a very important movie. Yeah, this is most important movie. Yeah. I don't understand as well like for a three star i wouldn't go that far for a three star i can understand like I've, i did this with super mario brothers i was mm. like it's not as bad as people say this film is worse than super mario brothers yeah um, but you've never claimed there's a conspiracy against no, super mario it's, brothers yeah, exactly it's not like oh well, the only reason people don't like super mario brothers is because there's conspiracy from hollywood against it and it's like no it's just it's not that great a film again and i wouldn't put that as a 10 out of 10 movie no. even you know, that that's not a 10 out of 10. So why the hell are you going so hard? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Unless he thinks there's another Uwe Ball film that's definitely a 10 out of 10. We'll find it if there is. Ooh, we better keep an eye out for him. Anyway, that was our episode on House of the Dead. We don't recommend, uh, and our worst line for it is, and we're going to do the humpy bumpy baby. Oh, the humpity bumpity. 
which is a stellar, stellar line. Uh, and we didn't, couldn't find a way to improve it. And he said that other was than Shakespeare. Mate, if that was in Shakespeare, I'd read more Shakespeare. Mm. <laughs> oh, fair Juliet, would thou liketh to doeth the humpity bumpetieth? <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, yes. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Uh, as before, we have been Rory Jocelyn from Cyberpunk Studios and Jamie Evans from Impala Films. We are the video game movie podcast, working in conjunction with Pickaxe and Yogg's Cast. I'm going to have to get used to saying these bits at the end now, aren't I? I'm going to have to get used to stuff. Uh, please join us on our Facebook at VG Movie Podcast, um, or our Twitter at Cyberpunk Film, our Instagram at Cyberpunk Studios, or our YouTube. Just look up Video Game Movie Podcast. We're going to have updates and little teasers and stuff on there as well. Uh, and also, please do uh, join our Discord chat. Our Discord chat is going to hopefully light up. We'll have a lot more conversations about the quality of films. Uh, at the moment, it's it's relatively active, but we're hoping for a lot more activity in the coming months. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Game